You don't know what a man or woman really is until a crisis. Never marry a girl or girls never marry a man till you see him under pressure. And it's then you'll know what kind of a person you might be considering to marry. Because it's when we're in the pressure cooker of life that our real character comes out. And we want to see now in this chapter what Daniel does in this hour of crisis. His life is threatened. His three friends are threatened. And all these wise men of Chaldea are threatened. And what can Daniel do? Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today we're moving on to Daniel chapter 2, where we have Daniel, his life is threatened, the wise men are threatened. What shall he do? Well, let's read here in chapter 2 Daniel's response to the executioner coming for him. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Well, we're going to see how this will play out, and our study here is in Daniel chapter 2. I trust you'll stay tuned as we move to the pulpit ministry of our Free Presbyterian Church on Daniel, a man of God. We would basically have gotten the whole story, and it's one of those records that is so complete uh, that you wonder, well, what is there to preach here? Well, certainly I can tell you that Daniel stands 10 feet tall as a man of God. He is a spiritual giant in the faith. He is one of those men with the motto of no surrender, no matter what the cost may be. Now, I'm sure when young Daniel was carried off from the city of Jerusalem 
by that heathen army, the Chaldeans, that his mother must have been upset and his mother must have worried. Oh, my boy, I wonder how he will do. Will he remember all that he has learned and been taught at home? Will he stand up for God? Well, if she only knew that Daniel was indeed standing tall and faithfully serving the Lord. No one could be found that could tell Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And this created a crisis. A king that was obsessed with discovering the dream and its meaning. A Chaldean wisdom that was powerless and helpless to tell the king what he had dreamed or what he had meant. And then the king got furious and commanded that all the wise men should be taken out and slain. The executioner's name was Arioch, and there he comes down the street, and he is organizing the slaying of the wise men because they can't answer the king's dream. Daniel, whose life is also under threat, he learns at a very late hour all of these things, and he stops Ariok and he says, what's the haste? Give me time, and I will tell the dream. And so he goes into the king, and he begs time. Well, what's the use? How could Daniel tell what all the other wise men of Chaldea could not do? Well, this is a great lesson in a godly man's response in time of trouble. You don't know what a man or woman really is until a crisis. Never marry a girl, or girls never marry a man, till you see him under pressure. And it's then you'll know what kind of a person you might be considering to marry. Because it's when we're in the pressure cooker of life that our real character comes out. And we want to see now in this chapter what Daniel does in this hour of crisis. His life is threatened. His three friends are threatened. And all these wise men of Chaldea are threatened. And what can Daniel do? Well, we see here in verse 16 that he calls a prayer meeting. That's the godly man's response. And he cries out to the Lord. Look at verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, and Misael, and Azariah, his companions, that they should desire mercies of the God of heaven. So, what does he do? He goes to the Lord in prayer. With Daniel, it was the automatic thing to do. It was the right thing to do. It was the thing that he had always done. And so now that the threat was on, he called a prayer meeting. In that verse 18, you'll notice that they prayed to the only true God. It says, the God of heaven. Then was that they should desire mercies of the God of heaven 
concerning this secret. There is only one true God, and Daniel knew that. And he was Daniel's servant. He was Daniel's God. And of course, he is the God of heaven, which means that he rules. He is in absolute control. And that's the constant theme of this book of Daniel. No matter what wicked kings do, no matter what the Chaldeans do, and later we learn it's the Persians and others, and no matter what these other ungodly nations do, there is a God in heaven who rules and controls. Now follow with me a few verses, and you will see this theme in the book of Daniel. Chapter 2, well, we saw there in verse 18 that they prayed to the God of heaven. And then in verse 28, when he is again standing before Nebuchadnezzar, and he is about to give answer about that dream, he says, but there is a God in heaven. Well, that's the answer to every situation. And that's the answer to all trouble. God is in heaven. That again is seen in chapter 4 and verse 32. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. God is ruling. And then if you go down to verse 35, and this, by the way, is probably one of the most outstanding texts in the book of Daniel. Chapter 4, verse 35. It is a key text, a proof text, that God is a God of providence. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth, that is, the God of heaven, doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Now, we'll get to that, Lord willing, in weeks to come, but that was the confession of Nebuchadnezzar. Can you see what's happening? God is using young Daniel as he boldly, faithfully stands up for the Lord, even at the threat of his life. And Nebuchadnezzar, that wicked, ungodly king who is full of his own pride, is brought to confess that there's a God in heaven who rules even over him. Now, there's a few people in your life that you may say will never believe in God. They'll never believe that God rules over their lives. Maybe you're like that tonight. You will say, I'm a free agent. I'll do what I like with my own life. I'll make my own decisions. Thank you very much. But tonight you need to learn, as we learn in this book, there is a God in heaven who rules, and you will do his bidding. That's a key lesson of this book. And so they asked of the true God. You'll notice in verse 18 also that they prayed for mercies from God. They prayed for mercies. Note that they took the position 
that they were worthy of death. But maybe God will be merciful. And so they prayed in this fashion, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. They didn't pray for justice. They didn't ask, Lord, give us what we deserve. Do you pray like that? Do you get down on your knees and say, Lord, give me what I deserve? Oh, no. If God was to give us what we deserve, we would be in hell. We're sinners. We're guilty. We're unworthy. And when we come to the Lord in prayer, we pray for mercies. We pray for grace, for pardon, for help, not according to what we're worth, but according to the good kindness and pleasure of the Lord. Also in that verse 18, they pleaded for their lives. And Daniel and his fellows should not perish. They didn't want to die. They didn't want to leave the world in the midst of this crisis. And so they prayed that they wouldn't perish. And nothing will set God's people praying like the threat of their lives. That's why people... Christians pray when they're under persecution. And there are Christians facing horrible, horrible ordeals. But in their hearts, and even in secret, and where they can, they gather together and they pray with fervor that they might know God's grace and deliverance. Christians don't go to sleep in death row. When your life is under threat, then you really pray. And here's Daniel, and he's calling these three friends, and he's saying, up, Hananiah, up, Meshach, up, Mishael. Let's get to prayer. And they pray and they cry to God that they will be delivered. And if Christians only understood the threat that you're under, the battles that we are facing, then we would be exhorting one another and say, up, let's pray, let's go to prayer and trust in God that he will deliver us from this threat. And I would that tonight that you would set yourself, as Daniel and his friends did, to be men and women of prayer. Would you do that this week? Set yourself to be a man and, or woman of prayer. You can't be both a man and woman in prayer, but you can be a man or woman in prayer. And in your home, in your closet, you can set yourself to seek God for mercies, for help in the situation of your life. Now, I think also it doesn't categorically say it here in verse 18, but I think that you can say and conclude that Daniel and his friends, they also prayed for the other wise men that were under threat and ready to perish. And so Christians pray for the lost. We pray for our neighbors, for our family members, and for the most ungodly. We even pray for our prime minister. We even pray for our political leaders. We pray for the wicked. We pray for the ungodly. Those that are 
worshiping idols and serving heathen gods. We pray for their souls that they will be delivered. So the first thing we learn tonight, the godly man's response in trouble is to call a prayer meeting. And when you're in trouble, that's what you must do. Secondly, Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Let's go to verse 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. Now he blessed God because in verse 19, the secret was discovered unto Daniel. God gave the secret, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, unto Daniel as a result of prayer. And Daniel did not forget to bless and praise the God of heaven. Now, I know it's hot, and I know that we all wish we had personal fans here tonight, and I don't want to prolong this meeting, but there are seven ways in which Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And I'm just going to list them. I'm not going to preach them. I'll do that some other time. So follow with me at verse 20. He blessed or he praised the God of heaven as the God of wisdom. That's verse 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might. That's number two. And then verse 21, because he controls history. He says, verse 21, and he changeth times. Now that doesn't mean make the sun go back or make the sun go forward or change the seasons of the year, but he is in control of history. And then also in verse 21, this is number four, he controls leaders. He removeth kings and he sets up kings. Verse 5, he gives wisdom. That's also in verse 21 in the middle. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that have no understanding. And then verse 22, we're coming to number 6 now. He reveals mysteries. And then number seven, he answers personally. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. And then in that verse 23, I thank thee and praise thee, O God of my fathers. He answers prayer personally. Daniel's specific cry. Did you ever get an answer to prayer? Did you ever call on God for some particular need or blessing? And it came with your name on it. 
Well, don't forget to give the Lord the thanks. I think too often we as Christians, we ask for blessings, and when we get them, we're like that, those lepers. You remember the 10 lepers? One came back and gave thanks, and the other nine never said a word of thank you. Don't forget to thank the Lord for answers to prayer. been listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and I hope that you have been blessed through God's Word as we have looked into the stand made by Daniel. We take great delight in Daniel's testimony and his stand for God because that really is needed in every one of our lives. Woe betide the Christian that doesn't learn to stand up for the Lord Jesus. Have we not been called to be soldiers of the cross? Have we not been called to put on the whole armor of God that we might be endued to stand against the wiles of the devil? Has the Lord not told us to go out as wise as serpents and harmless as doves? and to expect that in this world we shall face much tribulation, and that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And that is to be expected by the Christian today in our own generation. And while we live in a country where there is no open physical persecution against the Christian There is pressure. There is political pressure. There's peer pressure. 
There is the sly attitude of the world seeking to put down the message of Christ and his cross. And any Christian that lives bearing the image of the Lord Jesus must expect that he will be the very butt of the world's reproach. And it is that reproach that uh, we must bear gladly as a mark of our discipleship of the Lord Jesus. There have been many who have served the Lord and stood against not just open persecution, but hardship, difficulties. They didn't throw in the towel at the first difficulty. I'm just reading here a little uh, life of uh, David Livingstone, the missionary to Africa. And let me read this to you. It's in the Monthly Visitor. In exploring the interior of Africa, Livingstone met with difficulties indescribable amid frightful scenes, the havoc wrought by war, famine, wild beasts, and worst of all, by the slave trade. Sometimes he would preach to a thousand people, sometimes to a few. And when it was seemingly to little purpose, he would console himself thus, but for the belief that the Holy Spirit works and will work, I should give up in despair. I am a missionary, heart and soul. I am ready to go anywhere, provided it be forward. I would venture everything for Christ. Can the love of Christ not carry the missionary where the slave trade carries the trader? I shall open up a path into the interior or perish. I wish only that my exertions may be honored so far that the gospel may be preached and believed in all this dark region. All of that concerning the ministry and life of David Livingstone. Now, what about your life? What about your Christian stand? Can you point to some hardship, reproach, some cross that you've had to bear for the cause of the Lord Jesus? When you get to heaven, what are you going to talk about? What story are you going to tell of the burden that you have borne for the cause and the name of the Lord Jesus? Now, many Christians have enough, but sadly there are too many Christians that are buckling at the knees and are bowing to every whim and every idol of this world. It is time for God's people to take their stand against every form of iniquity and to speak up for Christ. Let us therefore be bold, brave, and yet also balanced that we might tell the story well of the Savior's love for sinners. Never left lose the love of Calvary burning within our souls as we tell the story of the gospel. Thank you for being a part of the program today. Stay tuned now for these final closing announcements. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music